This is Eastman's Elevated Podcast. I have on great guests that are really knowledgeable, consistently successful. We're able to dive deep down the rabbit holes of these different subject matters of shooting, of physical fitness, of mental toughness and drive. All the different skills that make up a complete hunter that you can become. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week on the podcast, I have back on my friend Matt Tilliston. So Matt's uh, a friend, and he's one of these guys. He's like the next generation of hunters coming up. So I think of him as the next generation because he's learned from guys like me and other guys in the industry, and he's taken it and ran with it. Uh, he's already had tremendous success. Uh, he's killed just some awesome mule deer with his bow, Rifle, muzzleloader, you name it, he gets them. And uh, killed a great bull last year as well, but his love is really for mule deer. And um, so we just hit record and have a conversation. And with Matt, I never have like a rock-solid game plan. I have some things I want to talk about and things I want to hit. And uh, I pretty much just hit record and go. And um, Matt does a great job on today's podcast. So uh, his vulnerable talks about some shortcomings he's had, some things he wants to change. And he's just in constant evolution, trying to be at his absolute best and as good as he can be. And he has some huge aspirations and dreams of hunting mule deer. He travels to all these different states, different habitats. He's a Wyoming resident now. It's just made for like this great conversation. So talk about shot execution. Of course, we talk a ton about mule deer and about stalking and in-depth. Uh, talk about finding these big next-level bucks and what it takes. So it's just a, a great podcast that I really enjoyed that I know you guys will enjoy too. We'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple sponsors. I want to thank Element. Element is a hydration supplement. And so what it does is it gives you zero sugar but replaces a lot of sodium and vitamins and things that your body needs under intense exertion. So I've had some buddies that have bonked drinking plenty of water, and they're just not replacing the salt uh, that, that their body has so it'll hold on to that water. In fact, I had a good buddy that's in tremendous shape that um, bonked you know, due to this um, hydration. So you throw in this hydration supplement. It's just going to help with cognitive thinking. It's going to help uh, with hydration. And, and it's zero sugar, too. So, um, you know, you're not going to get a huge sugar dump after you're done with it. They have great flavors, a bunch of different flavors. And you can get a free sample pack with your order if you put in the promo code ELEMENT. That's L-M-N-T backsplash, ele- backsplash, backslash elevated. And uh, that'll save you on that promo code or get you that uh, free sample pack so you can figure out which flavors you like. But yeah, just great flavor added to water. I've used it a ton during my training. I've just done a couple back-to-back big runs where uh, there were big output. One I did with my buddy Dylan Ness, but I've been using this hydration supplement, which really helps. I just feel so good on it. So check it out. It's something definitely to have in your pack come hunting season and during your training. It's the perfect fit for us guys over here at Eastman's Elevated. So check them out. They're over at Element, L-M-N-T. Again, backslash Elevated. That'll get you to the homepage and get you that sample pack. But just a great product and uh, great guys. We sure appreciate their support here on the podcast. I also want to thank Cryptech. 
Uh, Cryptech is a, a big partner of Eastman's, and um, I've been with them now the last few years, and I have the best technical mountaineering system together that I've ever put together. I'm really enjoying their new early season offerings. Uh, so they have a bunch of different pants and a bunch of different shirts. Um, the Sonoran shirt and pants are great. But uh, this past year, I started using the Moab pant, which are like this lightweight, quick drying pant. Uh, non-restrictive. They're just a great early season pant. And then also been using their bamboo hoodie, which is just super light and breathable. In fact, I'm going to pick up another pair of those pants and another hoodie for this season. Uh, but just absolutely everything you need from every hunt from start to finish. Great late season gear. Like I love They've got a couple different puffy jackets, but their puffy jacket is just cut longer, so it covers like uh, covers like my butt and keeps me warmer. It seems just with that, and then they do have like zip-on puffy pants that you can use, uh, vests, uh, great tops, um, great um, uh, soft shells, hard shells. They use the shoulder for their waterproof capabilities, which is an awesome fabric. I uh, just couldn't be more impressed with these guys. And I think that their camo pattern gives me a real advantage in the mountains. So that Obscura transitional just blends in everywhere from, you know, hunting Hawaii, hunting Australia, hunting uh, at definitely everywhere out west. But it, it really blends in good with antelope, open mule deer country, and then also elk hunting. Uh, I do like their other patterns as well. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite is that obscure transitional for hunting out west. So check out their offerings. Check out everything they have. Thanks to Cryptech. We're really proud to be partnered with those guys. And they're just producing great gear. So check those guys out. Also check out Black Ovis. So uh, Black Ovis is an internet retail shop. They carry all the top name brands as well as their own name brand. You can save a pile of money going through these guys. So you can search through. They have a knowledgeable staff. You can call and ask questions. But if you go check these guys out right now, you can take an extra 10% off your order. So just put an extra 10 and you can get that extra 10% off. Uh, you may try to also use the promo code ELEVATED10. I'm not sure if you can use two of them for 20% or if it's just one for 10%. I'm pretty sure it's just one code for 10%, but um, it's uh, worth a try anyways if you're ordering some gear. But yeah, just great gear, great offerings. Uh, really like their stuff. So if you're upgrading some of your gear this season, make sure to go check them out over at Black Ovis. Also check out Camo Fire. Camo Fire is an app where there's 80 new hunting deals that come up every 24 hours, so you can save a pile of money on overstock gear or just extra gear that they have around. They do carry a bunch of good name brands, and if you watch those deals come up, you can really save some money. I know my buddy um, Dylan got some Black Ovis puffy pants that he really likes, uh, so that's, again, uh talks, uh, uh, again, positive for that Black Ovis name brand. So, uh, yeah, you can check it out, save some money, and uh, get a good deal on some hunting gear. And with that, over at Eastman's, we're going to be at the Expo this week, so I'm getting these podcasts out. So if you're hearing this, we are at the Expo. Uh, come by and say hi, and uh, we'll be recording some podcasts there. I'll be drawing an Expo tag, of course, probably a sheep tag or something. So you can come watch that. But no, it, it should be a good time. We're going to record some podcasts. We'll be in the Cryptech booth. Uh, so we'll be hanging out there for all four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So come by and say hi. Check out our magazines. Of course, I got to write the Anchored In last time, which is... um. 
man, it's such a huge honor. I, I've been writing for this magazine for a long time. This is the first anchored in, in that I've ever written, and um, just following a bunch of legends that have that have written that thing. So yeah, I wrote that in the the new EBJ. Uh, we also have the EHJ. There's six issues per year. Check out those magazines. And um, check us out on Beyond the Grid. That's our internet YouTube show. And, um, yeah, we also have the Mule Deer course. You can put in Brian MDC. It'll save you 10% on that if you have a Mule Deer hunt coming up. And uh, we're also putting uh, some content in that Elk Collective. So uh, I'm going to work my way through and see what we can add. I've already got a couple videos up there, but definitely want to do some more with the Elk Collective. So really excited at the prospects of that. So uh, go check that out as well. And, um, man, I think that about covers it. So let's get into this podcast. It's a great one. Matt Tillerson. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Right on, man. Um, thanks a bunch for joining me. I sure appreciate you. It's always fun to have you on. I like, um, you know, I I definitely uh, consider you a friend, but I, I feel like you're like that next generation of um, hunter that comes after me, like just so passionate and driven and um, uh, do so well for all species, but uh, you're a mule deer fanatic like me. So it just makes for a good podcast just to hit record and get you on. Yeah, dude, I... I appreciate that. I'm like, I, I just admire everything you do for sure. And, um, and it's honestly, I'm kind of just following your path, dude. So you just do it. And then I'm like, okay, Brian's doing this or whatever. And I'm, everybody's kind of in this journey together. So it's really cool. Yeah. You know, and, and I am very passionate about mule deer, man. Like I'm, I don't even really look at those other species anymore. And that's, I guess kind of bad to say, but I I love them for sure. I think it's good to like find our love or find that species that 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 truly drives us. And mule deer, man, it's like um so fun that you can hunt them through so many different seasons, from the early season to mid season. Like I have hunts that do really good in October. Uh, you know, like that, that really difficult time prior to rut, but I have some areas where it's like, um, uh, I can turn up bucks in there. They're usually in bachelor, bachelor groups are starting to run in ones and twos. And it just, it's like, if you can find the right fold that they're in, there's some dang good hunting in October and nobody out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, the best time, I think, personally, is early season. I love early season. And then the rut, obviously. But that October, a lot of people, because it's so hard and so difficult to find them, a lot of people over overlook that, you know, time. And there's a lot of opportunity out there, for, like you're saying. You know, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, you've killed a lot of your bucks in pre-rut, too. Like. Uh, the good thing about you is like you take advantage of all weapon seasons, you know, like you're not afraid of a muzzleloader season, uh, definitely not afraid of that rifle and then really good with your bow in that early season. It's, you know, it's like, I, I love chasing them with a bow, but, uh, boy, you sure take advantage of all those seasons, which I think if your goal is to kill giant muleys, that's the best way to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll take, like, the, the archery. I have something to admit to you, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel, feel good about doing it, but <laughs> you're right. 
you're right. So I, I do take advantage of every single weapon season. And, and uh, I guess here we go. I'm just going to lay it out there. But I mean, even, even to the point, I was packing a crossbow this, this year in Wyoming. And I know that hurts your ears to probably hear that, but I did for a little while and uh, found out that that was definitely not the way to go. I, I know just through the experience of what happened here in Wyoming, absolutely. If I had my, my compound bow that was sitting in my case at home, that deer would have been dead. And that was, that's something that you're right. I mean, I do take advantage of all these weapon choices and, and opportunities, but there's something about just that, that that just the bow setup that, that, that's a next level of that passion, you know, like my rifle, I've got it dialed. Like I, if I see a buck, it's dead. Like I have no question that that's going to happen. Um, my muzzleloader is, is, is spot on, you know, and my bow, I've, I've struggled with target panic and we've talked about this before, you know, a little bit and I'm, I'm working through that. And so kind of this year I was like, Oh, I'm going to try this other weapon choice. And it was it was absolutely not the way to go. I'll tell you that right, right off the bat. But but it was fun, and you know, I don't have an ego about this stuff. I just love killing big deer, and, and I I tried it, and um, I'm gonna probably go away from that. I'll tell you that. So if anybody wants a crossbow, I got it for sale. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I definitely don't fault you for trying it out, especially when it's legal in Wyoming. They pass those laws in there and you know it's like uh, uh don't totally agree with them but i do think that a crossbow is just as difficult as a bow the only thing you don't have is drawing it and with a bow you you do have like this connection and confidence that you build in it and you practice non-stop where a crossbow is a bit of a weapon where you kind of sight it in and then it's good to go but yeah you still have the arrow drop you still have uh, the aim, then I, I, I don't, like, I, I feel like they're a bit dangerous and maybe it's just, um, because I'm naive, but having them like locked and loaded or like, uh, having that string in there for those shots where something could get caught in their clothing or hand. And I did have somebody on the podcast that about tore his thumb off with one of those things. So yeah, it's definitely not my weapon of choice, but I definitely don't fault you for trying it. And it's like part of the beauty of this thing is like, this Western hunting is that we can find what we truly love or what excites us. And there is no one way to do it. You know, you can be like me, which, you know, for me, like the bow and arrow has really grabbed a hold of me and I love getting close and chasing them in all seasons. And, you know, for me, it's not that it wouldn't be an accomplishment to shoot one with a rifle, but I just, um, you know, when I, when I kill a big animal with a rifle, it's like, man, I really want to get one like that with my bow. And so, like, eventually, I just made that swap over where it's like, well, if I really want to kill one with my bow, I just got to put all my energy and effort into that. And also, I feel like, you know, me being bow only, it's like, yeah, it gives me a disadvantage during a rifle season or whatever, but 
it's like to be a bow hunter, I need places that produce opportunities and bucks. So like I've gotten really good at finding these good places that get opportunities. And also I think like always staying in a bow hunter's mindset makes me better for like those early season bow hunts that are archery only because I've worked so hard at my craft at bow hunting. It makes me really like efficient and effective. But that's the beautiful thing about this, man. It's like, um, you know, your goal is to kill giant deer and you're good with all weapons and then you can look towards these different seasons and different opportunities and and also with a rifle i feel like i miss out a bit a bit with a bow because i need like high population spots where you know you are so efficient and effective with that rifle that you can go into low deer density areas and if you turn up one really good buck you got a good chance to kill him where we me with a bow I have a tough time hunting that kind of country just because I don't get the opportunities or chances. So there's advantages and disadvantages to to both. But I think we just like we just grow and we just learn and we figure out what we really like to do. And then, you know, we put our effort into that. And um, but I, I really do admire like how good you are with all those different weapon systems. And then just some of the bucks that you killed, man, that's like those are not like average everyday bucks that you know i know how difficult those bucks are and to watch you kill them year after year is so impressive man oh man well you're the you're the king i'll tell you that you're the king as far as archery goes and and i uh i admire your your ability to take that bow into the rifle season that i don't know if i had have the discipline to do that you know but but like you said so i'll just tell you a really quick story about this wyoming deer hunt um, so I hunted the archery season, packed that stinking crossbow all over those 10,000 foot peaks. I mean, I was, I think I totaled out 66 miles and like 40, 44,000 bird or something like that. What and do I'm you packing, think of the crossbow? Like just practicing with it and shooting it, uh, really dude, accurate or like, uh, give me like a fair analysis of it. No, I, so it's, it's a bomb. It's like you're saying, it's, it's literally a, just a loaded bomb. Um, and, and it, it's scary. Um, I guess I, I kind of felt like I was cheating on my compound bow, packing that thing around, you know? Um, but it was, I mean, it was okay. It just, I'll tell this, the kill sequence here. So you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. Um, like I was feeling good about it. I, it's confident, you know, you, like you said, you side it in, you can get it up to, 70 but those little short bolts they <clears throat> once you get past i say maybe 40 they're just not consistent because they don't carry that carry you know the flex or their weight very well i guess and so it it, it kind of became it, it became i guess i wasn't super confident in exactly where um i mean and then the other thing is my that little scope that I had on there was, was not holding zero. And I didn't find that out until a little later, but it, um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, it's, it's a decent weapon, but I think that's why cro like crossbows are so popular in the East is because they're like short range. And it's like you said, you don't, you don't have to draw no, nothing like that. But so I found this really, really good buck, the best buck I found this year. And he was, um, he was living in this basin probably, I don't know, just right off the top. So, you know, 300 yards off the top of this mountain. 
and I had seen him uh, going into the season. So it opened September 1st. I had seen him like the 30th and then the 31st. And I was like, man, this is slam dunk. He's in this little isolated basin. I'm going to be able to get right on top of him. And sure enough, so September 1st comes around and I spot him. He's with this other little buck and they go bed right right at the top of this little jack pine um, kind of layers. There's two layers and he's on the top layer. And so my, my plan was, is just, I'm going to go clear up to the very top of this mountain and cut around the backside. Took me a couple hours and then dropped down on him. And, and it worked out perfect. You know, it, everything was working out just fine. Um, I got within uh, a distance that I felt comfortable with and, and the, uh, the buck was bedded. So I don't, I don't like to shoot them in their beds, but he, so he was laying there on his side, kind of. <clears throat> and, um, you know, about, I'd say about 30, 45 minutes later, he like rolled up on his front feet. And I don't know if he was just like stretching or what he was doing, but he kind of like put his whole body really, really vertical to where I felt comfortable. I'm like, holy cow, he's the whole kill zone is exposed and so i got locked on him with that crossbow and like i said it's just it's a bomb you never know what's gonna happen with it honestly it's it's almost just i've heard of really bad things and so in the back of my mind that whole time i'm thinking that i'm like this is this thing's just gonna explode uh because you got those limbs bent back almost to the point where it's right next to your face. And and then you've got that string just pulled clear back inside of itself, all the way back to your shoulder. And I don't know, there's just something eerie about it. So so I get locked on the buck and and everything's going well. And I squeeze it off and that bolt goes flying. And as soon as that went off, and it, it's not they're not quiet at all. And so at the distance I was at, I think what happened is he he was on his front legs like that and he didn't he didn't hear like he just heard something. And so he went like this, like he stood up, but he put his legs like this because I could see his tracks. And in the video, that's exactly what happened. And that bolt went between the gap between his brisket and his, his left leg. And it went went right through and stuck in the bed. And at that point, I didn't know where it where it hit or what. Um, it was a good shot, but he just he just dodged it. And this is the point that I wanted to. This is when right now, I, in that moment, I wanted my cro- or my compound so bad because he stood up, had no idea what happened, stood there, looked around. And then just he stood there for three minutes, just standing in the exact same spot. And if I would have had my my regular bow, I could have knocked another arrow and got one right in him. And he was perfectly exposed. But that crossbow, you got to crank it. And so I'm laying on my back underneath this jack pine, like trying to put a bolt in and then trying to trying to crank that thing and and every time you crank it it goes click 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 you know like that and i'm like 
by the time I got it got cocked back, he was he had it was gotten had gotten nervous and took off, you know. But at that moment, man, I realized I mean, I'm good with different weapons, but I need to be smart about what I choose. And <clears throat> you know, lesson learned. I'm, I'm not going to talk crossbows down, but I, I probably mo- am not going to be packing that thing again, I'll tell you. And mm-hmm. it's, they're heavy, and I think that one's like 10 pounds. And so, I don't know. It just, it was just a good experience. And, you know, I'm up for experiences. I don't, I'm, I don't have an ego about this stuff. Like, I'll tell my ups and my downs. And, and, and I ended up, <clears throat> I ended up killing a, a good buck uh, with my rifle right off the bat. Um, on opening day and and that's a whole nother story but but uh yeah i don't know what do you what do you think about that brian yeah i (laughs) dude you're just so you're so positive um it's like you have a great takeaway from it it's like you know you tried it it wasn't for you and really didn't give you an advantage and and you found like it was a disadvantage and yeah i mean that's kind of the deal is like um these mule deer are so difficult that at times I think we take it for granted, like how we've been able to harvest these bucks. And I just like, I just know going to these places and trying to get into bow range, trying to uh, make a shot, like you say, and then the whole thing can fall apart and they can jump your string, you know, and that's with a bow or a crossbow. And then a crossbow, it doesn't have any better aerodynamics. Like it still has wind drift. It still has wind drag. It still has all those elements. And like you say, you start to lose accuracy out at distance. And so like, I think it's maybe an advantage for somebody, you know, that, that, that hasn't put the time in with their bow or doesn't feel confident with a bow, but I'm with you, man. It's like those things seem so dangerous to have to walk with a, with a, a cocked bow, you know, and like have that thing all ready to go. Like there's just so much energy there. Then you say like with the weight and things that I think, you know, you can hand about anybody a crossbow and I'm going to be better with my bow than they are a crossbow, but a crossbow, you can get a rest aim. You don't have the movement of getting drawn. Like, I think there's just advantages and disadvantages to both. And, you know, for, for me, it's the, the bow and arrow always in like, almost like, I wouldn't say it's a hatred towards crossbows, but it's definitely like not my favorite weapon. But dude, I was in the Wyoming backcountry one time in a basin I had scouted and, um, there were some other guys in there for opening day at bow, which I didn't know if there'd be guys in there or not. And um, basically, one of my target bucks, a uh, kid had, had, had uh, scooted down the hill with a crossbow and then shot that buck. And the only mistake or thing that rubbed me wrong is he started hooting and hollering after he'd killed that buck. And there was about 25 bucks in the basin. And so he just blew up the entire thing. But he killed a really nice buck with his crossbow in there. Now... You know, I think he would have killed that same buck with the bow, same buck with the crossbow. Like, you are able to aim and squeeze on a trigger. And, and dude, that that target panic is real, man. It's like when you have it, you go from being really efficient. Like, you've killed a bunch of great deer with your bow. Uh, but, yeah, it just rattles your confidence. And then, like, you get inside that close range and go to draw back, and you can't get your pin where it needs to be, you know. So, I think for you, like, especially as much as you love to hunt that early season, how effective you are at 
finding mule deer, stalking mule deer, and getting close. And then, like, dude, I think you're a great bow shot as well. I think you just have to battle through this target panic, which I'm sure you're doing now, to be able to get to where you can aim again. And the the challenge with it is, like, it's a long process, you know? Like, it may not happen in a, a week, a month, or even a year. It's like a dedication to the craft of archery, of being able to execute. Did you listen to that podcast I did with Joel Turner about execution? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you're the and man. I, honestly, man, that was that that was the turning point that I was like, listen, I got I got I got this issue, and I have no problem admitting that. I don't. I don't have. I don't have to like explain myself to anybody. I mean, my I I got twelve bucks in here. I'm, I'm doing things right, right. But and I don't have to explain myself. But when somebody can admit they have an issue. And they're willing to change it. They want to try. And I'm, I'm willing. I'm ready to make it work. And that podcast that, that you guys had, it was the turning point. I was like, listen, I, I want to make sure that I don't go through life like regretting that, that I have that issue of target panic and I can't get over it. Right. And so, so those, um, those tension releases, that one with the, the safety that you guys talked about, the weight and all that. I ordered one of those. It's on its way. I'm gonna gonna just I'm gonna just take baby steps through this whole thing because honestly, I'm a good shot, and I have no like if I can get within bow range of a buck, he's he's in trouble. He really is. But it's it's the confidence of having walking around the mountain with that bow. Like I I just haven't quite acquired the confidence of that that last two seconds of the process right it's everything up to that point but the two seconds that that um is the last two seconds which i can i can sometimes mentally push through that um because of my willpower right and and my desire to kill that animal but i just want the confidence to be able to to not have to worry about that anymore and i'm going to figure it out and that's, I think, also why um, I maybe have not completely gone to archery only is because I, I I feel so confident with these other weapons, you know, like that muzzleloader, that rifle. I have no doubts. And so when I walk around the mountain with that rifle, it's like it's a whole nother level of confidence. You know, it's a whole nother level of hunting for me because I don't have to worry about any of those those factors or it's not in my head you know and and I think I think I have the tools to make it happen and like even just talking to you I might might call you every once in a while and talk you through my my thoughts or whatever because you 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 mentioned that you've had target panic before and you've worked through it and and I know there's a probably a million other guys out there that are bow hunters that are they're trying the same process and so it's it's good for all of us to kind of be open about that process and the, the podcast you guys had was great i mean it really worked me through like the the step process of not not getting not worrying so much about the explosion worry about the process and i i i mean i related to that really well because um I guess I'm a really logistical guy and I, I try and plan ahead. And so, 
and I sometimes jump over those steps of even honestly, like even on a hunt, I don't even think about some of the things that most guys would think about, like, like how, how do I set my tent up on a basin or a saddle or where do I, where I don't even think about this stuff anymore. And so I kind of jump ahead. Um, and I think that's the same thing with this, this bow is I'm jumping ahead to the explosion and my mind is not allowing me to just roll the process. Right. Yeah. Um, dude, it's why, it's why you're, um, so good at hunting muleys. Like, um, do you, to be able to admit that like you do have an issue with the execution is the first step. It's like you could keep fighting through it and you'd continue to kill bucks, but you're not going to have that confidence that you're looking for in your weapon that you have with your rifle or with your muzzleloader and your execution is flawless with your rifle and with your muzzleloader. You, you practice tirelessly with them and like now you can walk around the mountains and it does it's like a powerful feeling knowing that that if you find the deer you want, you can execute a shot and he's dead and, and you'll, you'll get it with a bow as well. And I really think you could fight your way through it and you'd kill deer. You're just never going to get to that point where you're ultra confident in it unless you change your process. So yeah, I mean, dude, you're uh, welcome to call me anytime, but you should just run up here. We'll do some practice sessions and I'll run you through like what I, what I did to correct mine. And I actually got a phone call from, um, Henry Ferguson, like right after I did that podcast with Joel and he listened in and um, he had so many similarities to me. So Henry Ferguson, you probably know him through yeah, IG. Yeah. So he's that's big chief Wackabuck, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's that... him. Yeah, he kills some great <laughs> yeah. bucks with his bow, doesn't oh, he? Man, if for years and he was talking about that same target panic and he actually got his releases stolen from his truck and his releases he'd been using for like the last 15 years i felt so bad for him so he was shopping releases and just wanted to talk to me about releases and what i was using and why and like have an in-depth conversation about execution but that's what henry said is like man he had target panic bad and he went through the process to correct it and now there's nobody that can outshoot henry i i mean i'm sure there's a few guys but henry just kills it on the 3d courses kills it in the practice uh practice you know uses his bow uh religiously to be prepared for season and he's like man that's the beautiful thing is like i took that that element out of um hunting mule deer like now i know if i can draw back i can execute and make that shot and it's like he talks about it as like um control what you can control and so he worked through this process and through target panic to use this releases where now he doesn't worry about his execution you know if he if he gets his limbs drawn back and gets a shot at a buck it's gonna die because he can count on his shooting because he's worked so hard at it and i I just like had similarities to it, to it where it like makes you so efficient and effective when you can trust that bow and that process and execute that shot. And, um, man, there is no doubt in my mind that, um, you are going to get through this and be better than you were before. Like, um, man, you just, um, like when you set your head to something like you, you get it. So yeah, you got that new release coming. Uh, we should like talk over the, the process of how to get rid of the panic. And, you know, at first you can't just switch a release and it's there, but you almost switch the process of waiting for that shot to break instead of choosing now, you know, and that's tough to grasp. But the, 
the the biggest part of this whole deal is believing in it and and you believe in it at this point you see the path to success and that's the biggest thing with it is just committing to it are you going to make mistakes and make a shot go even with a new release yes you're going to make shots go and then you're going to realize that you did it wrong and then you're going to go god i can't do that that arrow was nowhere close and you're just going to start to correct it to where then you start to execute that way on animals you build this confidence and then pretty soon dude you're going to have so much confidence in that bow that there's going to be a lot of big deer die because you know when you get to that point it doesn't matter what your adrenaline's doing it doesn't matter like how worked up you are how bad you want that buck you've ingrained this execution in your head where you don't choose now you let the pin float and let it execute and so like good drills when you get this release like uh, just start blind bailing from really close so you know, uh, five feet, 10 feet, not aiming the pin, but coming back to your anchor point, close your eyes if you have to, and just start feeling that release. Pull, 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 break, pull, 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 break. And it'll start to become easy where it's like, oh man, I got this. Like I'll, I'll, I can make this thing go every time, you know, and then you incorporate aiming and then you go back to 20 yards or you can even start at 10 yards and you start aiming at a dot. And all of a sudden that pin won't quite go there, you know, it's like, or your pin goes there and aims in the middle and that release just won't go, won't go, won't go. And you feel like you're pulling a million pounds and eventually it breaks, but you just keep working through it. And if at any time your pin doesn't sit right on the middle, like you need to like take your, your thumb off the trigger or you're not going to shoot and just do aiming drills, draw back and just aim at, at the center where you want it to be and let down and then pull back and aim at the center and execute, you know, so like you just do those drills and start incorporate aiming into it, keep blind bailing all the way through the process, but you just start to build this process of instead of going now, when you want that shot to go you say pull 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 and the shot breaks you know and then you know there's tricks you can do like having your um like having your release set pretty stiff so you got to pull pretty hard during practice and then as it gets towards season you kind of lighten up on the trigger so the minute you start to pull pull you get to about the second pull and the shot breaks so there's little tricks there as well but dude just run up here and shoot with me for a couple days like you're not that far in idaho uh, once you get that release let's just shoot and work through it but Dude, you will crush it once you get that execution down and that confidence with your bow that you have with your rifle. Uh, it'll be a done deal, man. It'll it'll be scary the bucks you produce because you're really good at finding them. Well, I, dude, I appreciate that, and and honestly, um, I'll take you up on that. I think I, I, uh, if somebody out there would just create a course or something for a lot of, I mean, it would be so successful. I think because that's such an issue. I, I think, I mean, not even for just me, like I felt, I felt really on my own about this, but I've, everybody that I've ever talked to, including the best, which is you, you know, Henry Ferguson, all these guys, they all have gone through this. So it's not like we've all done it. We've all been through this process. And so if somebody would just get out there and do a course or even, you know, even like a summit about this stuff, have a bunch of guys with target panic. I think it'd be super successful, but that's a whole nother thing, you know? No, you're um, spot on. I think Joel runs yeah. a good course 
and I've sat through at the Western Hunting Summit, and he runs guys through this and teaches them about that execution. Yeah, yeah, it's really beneficial for these guys. And some guys believe into it, and some guys go back to punching their trigger and don't believe into it because it is a lot of work. But he has made great shooters like uh, Andrew Whitney, Stone Glacier. He started executing the correct way. And and you're right, like everybody battles this. This is part of the human psyche. And the, the thing that hurts so bad, and, you know, you don't carry a big ego you're willing to share everything but every one of us you know we do have an ego me included which um it's tough to let go right so it's tough to admit that you have an issue and that's part of like dropping that ego the other thing is like target panic doesn't hit like when you first start archery when you first start you're able to aim you're able to choose when it goes and you have a trigger and so this is what hurts so bad is like you kill some animals your pin sits in the middle you're a good bow shot you're able to shoot with everybody and all of a sudden the more you shoot like it starts to creep in you know and then so it hits like after you've already had success in archery after you've already harvested animals after you've already shot well it starts rearing its ugly head and and at this point, you have an ego around archery and around archery shooting that now it's tough to deal with this issue or this problem or be able to resolve it. And, dude, like you say, I have seen so many guys go through this. Like my best buddy's Dan. I've you know helped him correct car- target panic. My best buddy Dylan corrected it on his own quality execution. Uh, there, there's like my buddy Robin in Hawaii, like he was such a good, phenomenal bow hunter killing so many axis deer and it reared his ugly head. And all of a sudden, like he just could not hold on animals and missed a lot of shots at a lot of quality animals. So I watched him go through the process and correct it and now execute correctly. And now animals are dying consistently. So it's like if we all can do it, like there's no doubt in my mind that you will do it and achieve it as well. And I think there's a lot of guys, you know, it's like you can fight your way through it and have mediocre success. But if you really want that next level success and confidence, it's like uh, uh, working through that issue of being able to correct that target panic. And, dude, it is so powerful. Like when you draw back and you're able to stick your pin right where you want it and instead of it fighting you like – Instead of having to fight your pin where you want it, it's like your pin just floats where you want it. Instead of being a magnet away from where you want to hit, it's a magnet to where you want to hit. Like your pin just floats where you want it all the time, and if it starts to drift out, it drifts back in. And it's like a magnet to where you want to hit instead of against it, which is like so powerful. And when you can aim, uh, that 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 arrow just ends up like right behind where the pin was. So dude, there's no doubt in my mind you'll get through it and it's just part of the process and part of the growth and, and you'll be better for it. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't have any doubt that this, this will work. You know, I, I, like you said, I, I'm very goal driven. And so like, this is my goal. I want to get it. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to do it. I don't want to, I don't want this to linger any longer, you know? And, um, I mean, that being said, my year was amazing. Like I, I was, I was so successful this year as far as killing bucks and, and killing a good bull with my muzzleloader. And like, I have, I have nothing to complain about. That's like the one thing that I'm like, I'm, I'm putting it out there because I feel, I feel like vulnerability is, is really a key to growth. It really is. And, and, and so, you know, that's, that's something that I've got going on. 
Um, as far as the, the season went, it was phenomenal. I mean, like I started out the season with uh, that Idaho early season tag. You know, it's a rifle tag. And over there in a unit that's we're all familiar with a little bit. And I was able to have my family there. Like my two boys, my six-year-old, my eight-year-old were there when it happened. And they got to experience the whole thing. It's such a, I mean, it, it was amazing. And, and I, that's, that's the area and the hunt that got me started when I was 16. That My dad took me and we were able to kill it's it's 195 inch buck. He's over here on the wall, and he, that's what started the whole thing. So having my family there, and being able to share that, we stayed in the same pickup in the back, in the same spot almost that I slept with in the back of the truck with my dad. I slept there with my two boys and my wife, and uh, what a cool! It was really such a cool year, you know, as far as that goes. Did you and, scout that buck that you killed or scout that area? Yeah. Just know it really well and went in there and hunted it? Well, so I had I had been there a few, uh, a few weekends before and um I never like I never hunted the low country as much. I, I just I'm always drawn to the high country and for some reason whatever bucks were there were there at that time and I probably saw most of them. I I would say um, and the buck that I ended up killing was just to the south on another kind of higher ridge, but I never found him until the the night, I guess it'd be the morning before the season opened. And, and he was the best one that I had seen that whole time. <clears throat> and I probably, you know, seen a hundred bucks or so ish in that time. And, and so I called up my my kids who were staying with the in-laws and and Kayla and they came over and and we drove up on that that ridge and I was able to to let them experience that whole thing and it was a perfect scenario because that road went right up on top of that and those two little boys were able to get their camo on and we ate a mountain house you know they they got to experience the chili mac and beef and you know all the the good times that you have and and they they were loving sleeping under the stars, and we were able to go out there and find that buck and and shoot it. And you know, looking back on it, like he's he's a good buck, and I have no regrets. But like, it was not so much about the size of the deer. It was as I'm getting a little older, it's more about the experience of the whole thing. You know, I I don't have to prove myself. I mean, I I don't as far as like big deer i i know how to kill a big deer but i also know how to enjoy the experience and that's that was such an amazing thing for me honestly to have those kids there and i i hope they remember it i'm sure they will you know dude that's beautiful dude it'll be ingrained in their brains forever are you kidding me it's like to be able to share what we love with our kids and show them like this amazing experience is unreal so yeah like good on you um and, and i love like hearing you talk about like you say you you kill good you're better at killing big bucks than anybody your age you're like you at least the top of the heap you know and so you've killed a bunch of big deer but you're right it means nothing if you don't enjoy the experience and so yeah, as we get older you start to learn 
it's like more about the journey than the end goal. And the end goal is what drives us. I'm dreaming a big bucks. You're dreaming a big bucks. That's what's keeping us training so hard. That's what's keeping you getting that bow dialed in. Like that's what drives us for sure. But you start to learn that the enjoyment is not like just standing over a big dead deer. It's like I've killed plenty of big deer. Like for me, like I want the adventure. I want the challenge and I want to soak it in. I don't want to be walking around like so driven that I'm miserable because I don't have a dead deer down. Like I've got to soak it in like it's amazing to take part in the hunt and to be able to immerse ourselves like in those wildernesses and be out like uh uh in the elements and to be able to endure to be able to like really push our governor and what we're capable of as far as miles and elevation and days and like the 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 human psyche is amazing like uh to to be able, like our biggest asset is our minds and endurance and and to really tap into that for like something that we truly love and are passionate about like dude that's where it's at and so to realize that at such a young age that it's like yeah it's a great buck and and I'm the same way I killed some great bucks last season and um but what I really did is I enjoyed the journey and the experience and the finding them and the stock and the up close and the execution like every part of it and right now you know it's like living this lifestyle 365 like I know you do and so like I'm enjoying researching tags and units and possibilities. I'm enjoying getting out on my runs. Yeah, it was snowy. It was cold yesterday. The wind was blowing. I didn't have enough time, but I showed up and I put in the work that I know will pay off come season, you know, and I, I enjoy that. I enjoy, you know, this, this, uh, reorganization of my garage and my shooting range and getting everything dialed. I enjoy this new bow shooting it and really building confidence in it where I know it's going to come through this season. And so, man, I think you're like tapping in. I think, I think when you really love it, it starts to come pretty easy, you know, and it's like now, like you say, you don't have to prove yourself. You've killed enough big bucks. And so now it's just like embracing the journey and the grind, putting in the work. And we still have this overall goal. And, and you bet a big buck gets us excited and would make our whole season. But I'm going to enjoy it along the way. Like I think you're going to enjoy it along the way. Oh, absolutely, man. Like it's, it's almost like we, like you're saying, every day of the year, I'm thinking about the same thing. Like I'm thinking about big muleys in the, in the high country. That's literally everything I think about. Um, and, and I need to kind of, I guess, clarify. So I don't have to prove myself to anyone else, but I do have to prove myself to me. And I do have to prove myself every year because those bucks up on that mountain, they don't give a crap about how many deer are in this room. They, they don't care. And, and they're going to outsmart me and they're going to do my, their best to, to make it as difficult as possible to get them on the ground. And, and so I guess, I mean, just having the mindset of, of willing to learn, willing to enjoy the process and the adventure is, is kind of the, once you've achieved that, I mean, you just, you just enjoy it. You know, you enjoy it. You enjoy the target panic. You know, you jo- enjoy this. The process of learning you enjoy that's what this this whole life's all about you know it's about learning and and getting better and and trying to trying to improve your skills you know and i mean so there's there's a lot more things i guess 
I was going to try and clarify. So last time we talked, I had said, you know, I want to, I was just gung ho, man. It was an application season. I had got three tags. I got one in Wyoming, Idaho and Colorado. And I was just, I was like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill three bucks in three different States. And they're all going to be 180 inches, you know? And to tell you the truth, none of that happened. It, none of it happened. I, I was not able to, I mean, I killed two bucks, two different States, but it, it, so not, not achieving that goal is just driving me into the 2024 season. It's, it's just going to fuel that fire even more. You know, it's like, okay, how am I going to get back to Colorado? I have no points. I'm going to probably take a third season rifle hunt in, in it's in an area that's not going to be super productive, but I am going to go down there and I'm going to find a buck. I am going to do that, you know? And so it's such, I don't know, there's all these failures that, that happen along the way. It almost drives us even more. It pushes us even further than we even think that we can go, you know? And so I don't know, just a, just a suggestion to everyone listening and, and to myself, probably not a good idea to put three different states within three weeks of each other. I'll tell you that, that was, that, that's not a great idea. Um, so if, if you want to kill big deer, it takes time and trying to smash all of those hunts within a three week period, because that's the vacation you can take off. I don't know. That's not, not the best process, I think. So I think this year I'm going to try and take a week out of every month and I'm going to, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to spread them out. I'm going to take the time it takes to make, make sure that I'm not stressed about running down to Colorado. I didn't even, I never even made it to Colorado this year at all. I bought that $600 tag or whatever they are. I was, here september 15th killed that buck that morning packed it off all the way down out of the canyon was processing it just running ragged trying to get um all my stuff put back together and then realized that i I had to be to work on monday and and it closed on wednesday right and so now i'm sitting on a friday it's eight hours down there I mean, and I don't, I don't typically like to hunt on Sunday anyway. So I'm kind of like, how am I going to make this work? Right. And so it ended up not being able, I, I could, I didn't even make it to Colorado, but just, you know, we all, we're all learning, we're all figuring this out. And even, you know, I'd say you, you being some of the, you know, the best of us, I, I would say you, Dan, all the, all these guys that are really amazing, awesome hunters. It's so cool to listen to you guys' podcasts because when you're humble about what you're really thinking, you know, like, for example, the, the goat hunt, right? That was the most epic hunt I have ever seen. Like, it was amazing. But there was also that point where you said, man, I, I, you didn't, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you said something like, oh, man. Uh, it didn't, it, it was something about it being a nanny or whatever. Right. And that, which doesn't take away from that at all. But 
I could see in, in you something that I feel a lot. And I was like, if he feels it, I guess it's okay for me to feel it, you know? Um, and, and it's so, so cool when there's like, like that vulnerability out there, because then, then we can all relate and then we can all grow together. And I think that's really neat, you know? Dude, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cut from the same cloth. Dude, that's totally it. Yeah, man. It's, um, I mean, you made, you, you made a couple of good points there. It's like, it's so fun to get to connect with you and be able to have like these long form conversations and, uh, be able to talk over it because, um, we are similar and it is, you know, I've been there like you where I've drawn two tags in the same time frame. I've done it multiple times. Yeah. And I do find that, you know, it's like when I draw Wyoming and Colorado in the same year and trying to hunt them both with a bow. And so I have a 10 or 15 day window to try to hunt two states. And I, I, I am, I run myself so ragged or think I should be somewhere else that, you know, I can end up not killing a buck in either one of those states just because yeah, I'm racing cool. around so much. And, and same thing with me last year is I draw, drew a couple of early season tags that I hadn't planned on. And I knew I had that goat hunt and trying to fit everything in to where I had a good tag that, I mean, Literally, I had like about your time frame on it where it was like I was so busy at work. I had already taken my time and it was like, dude, I had uh, three days with that 10 hours or eight hours of travel down there and back both ways, you know. And so it was like, man, I, I drove through the night, sleep deprived. And by the time I got down there, I mean, I, I had a day and a half to hunt a great tag that I've been waiting for for five years because I had spent time on another tag a week. I had spent time on the goat hunt. I was back at work and I just wasn't able to give it the time. And so that's like a regret of mine this season that I wasn't able to hunt or give my full effort. And so, yeah, we really have to work to spread those things out so that we can give our full effort when we do draw a good tag. So same thing, man. It's like I, I need redemption next year on my early season high country and figure out where I'm going to go or how I'm going to do it. But I've got to find that redemption somehow, some way. And I also love that, you know, you have all those great bucks sitting behind you and, and I do too. And it's like, you know, you have to prove it each and every year that your skill set is a point to be able to harvest those bucks. And you're right. Those bucks don't know that you're, you're Matt Tilliston and they don't know that I'm Brian Barney and they don't, they're not gonna, they're gonna uh, try to survive to the best of their abilities and they're crafty and they're smart and big bucks and old bucks are tough to find. So you know, like it's gonna be the ultimate challenge every year. So it's like, you can never really rest on your laurels. Like I can't rest on the bucks that I harvested last season. Like I've got to start putting in the work this season so I can prove it so I can do it again and be able to arrow a nice buck so each and every year yeah you have to like it it isn't that you don't celebrate the successes and you're not happy for them but you know after the season's over it's like you got to quit patting yourself on the back and like get back to work so you can go do it again and go find another one you know and so that's like a a big part of the of the process and i i think throughout this process like Dude, we are so fortunate for like me and you to have found our passion, what we truly love and something that drives us beyond to push ourselves to another level to see what we're capable of. And the, the deal is, is it's not tied to monetary benefits. It's like you don't get a paycheck when you kill a big buck, you know, and so it's like just this purely for the love of the game and the love of the challenge. And you're right. Like 
each and every day that's what I'm thinking about. And each and every day I'm working hard towards my goal of being able to arrow a buck next season. And so every day I, I'm working and maybe I'm only .01 better than I was yesterday, but I'm better than I was yesterday. Right. And when you come into season and you have these improved skill sets of being able to e-scout, being able to pick a units, being able to find quality bucks, being able to uh, be physically fit to get to these areas and push day after day and move your camp to be able to stalk efficiently and read the mannerisms of these deer and know what you can get away with and what you can't to put yourself inside 50 yards of these deer and then knowing how to execute under an immense amount of pressure and execute a good arrow and put it through them like that skill set is like something that we never stop improving at and it drives us to be better each and every day and so to have that that passion i think is like the gift right and so like I think we look at last season, I had successes and I had failures. You had successes and you had failures. And so you kind of recalibrate and go, how do I fix these shortcomings or these these uh, issues that I need to address? Okay, it's the off season. It's time to work on these. It's time to improve and get better, whatever that may be. For me, it's like more time this next season or, you know, like um, – making sure that I spend the time on the tags that I do draw no matter what. And so like really setting myself up for success. So yeah, we kind of recalibrate and then get back after it. And the beauty is, is that we have the 224 uh, uh, season upon us and that we get another chance. And so now it's almost like starting over at the beginning again of putting in the work to be able to harvest a good buck. And, um, yeah, I just love the process, and I know you do too. And um, it, it's fun to start with like a, a clean, fresh slate, isn't it? Oh man, it's so nice. Yeah, like I guess, I guess if I had to like roll over, um, I mean, you're right. So it's application season. It starts all over again. We're here. We go right. Let's figure this out. Let's figure out what hunts we're going on. Let's try and and then and then the process starts completely over. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you've hunted this, these units before, you, you're kind of way ahead of the game because you, you you understand basins, you understand the behavior of the deer and all that kind of stuff. But like, like we here we go, we start all over, and let's let's let this season be that next level season, right? I'm I'm so thirsty for like not even a next level buck, but something that's that's incredible, right? I'm I'm searching for that this. year. Year. I want. I mean, I've, I've been killed. I have nothing to regret as far as what I have been killing lately. But I, I want. I'm thirsty for that, like next, next level, right? And and I know you are too. I mean, there's there's this joy in, in killing, you know, good bucks and all that. But like, I think it's time that this is our year. You know, this is our year where where we put in the extra effort. I'm going to get rid of this stinking target panic. So when that, you know, huge buck is, is there, I, I have that confidence and um, it's, it's just an amazing process, you know, and, and like we've talked before, it's, it's such ingrained in our human nature to, to use hunting as, as a, a gateway to, to happiness, right? Like, like that's what, that's, that's what, when they brought something back to their group of, of people, like what a joy that they probably felt. Right. Like I, 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 and so we as a human species, like are, we're, 
it's such ingrained in us. And, and we all, I, I feel like not a lot of people won't admit this, but there's a lot of hunting, um, even just thoughts or processes that people that not are not even hunters go through, right? The adrenaline, um, all these processes of even like basketball players, football players, we all, we all seek that adrenaline rush. And, and there's a lot of ways that that, that comes about, but for us, it's hunting. For us, it's that red zone. It's that time when it's the adrenaline's high and we're, we're there in that moment, you know, and, and also it's, it's enjoying the mountain. It's enjoying the animals. And, um, you know, I, it's just, it's something inside of us. I, I love it. And the, I love the process for sure. But yeah, dude, I, I mean, really the key takeaways of this year for me is just it it's it was a wonderful year like this was amazing having my family with me on that idaho hunt this one the wyoming buck it was the it's it's literally the most beautiful place on earth i i believe like i and that sounds very biased but like i killed that buck in a basin that had sunflowers right there was sunflowers and these little purple flowers and it, it fell down and it was almost like, like it was inside like this little cove of flowers, you know, and, and there was flowers on every side and these little jack pines. And I was up there at 10,000 feet. There's this little spring running through all of it. And I mean, man, that, how does it get even better than that? You know, so I, I got nothing to complain about this year. Like I, I know I share a lot of, of, of faults and and i guess kind of negative views of of like my my process but all in all oh and also i killed a bull i killed a really good bull you know with my muzzle loader um i didn't even i didn't even think about that till now but like killed a great bull muzzle loader two bucks and it was just a great experience i know you had an awesome season too and it's so fun listening to all these podcast i really appreciate you continuing this like i know that you you are a a and i know you don't like to take compliments but you are an example to all of us in worth work ethic and dedication and and i really appreciate that that and i know a lot of people do that listen to your podcast and and um and you know it's 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 amazing that we all are that we're buddies that I can call Brian Barney when I'm going up the Canyon, I have a question and I can call you and you're going to answer, you know, and what a, what a cool experience. And I think that's how the hunting world should be. You know, there's a lot of negative and I think most of it's jealousy, honestly, but like when you see somebody kill a big buck, you know, rather than, than put them down or say, you know, Oh, he's a, he's only he's a young buck like why did you shoot a young buck or whatever you know who you don't know the story you don't know how that that guy got there and you don't even know where he's at on his journey maybe killing that deer in that place at that time was his dream right and so none of us have a right to come in and and stomp anyone one else's dreams you know and i guess i'm kind of going down a rabbit hole i guess but like it's a uh, yeah it's great, great time, and I really enjoy, you know, having this time to talk to you, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's such a such a powerful mindset when you don't have that jealousy or you are happy for other people and you don't make an excuse of why they killed it and why you didn't. It's like all that is is like jealousy to try to make yourself feel better to put somebody else down. And once you get past that, it's like it is a it is a human emotion that's natural, but when you when you fight that and you go no nope, that that I don't know that guy's story and he probably worked dang hard for that buck and I'm sure he's super stoked with it however he harvested it, like I'm happy for him like good on you man you put in the work you harvested a good buck and it same thing with your buddies too it's like there can be a jealousy of like you want that big buck and so when your buddy kills him you know you're oh, yeah. a bit jealous but you, the the quicker you get over that and you're happy for your friends, the more positive and better mindset you have. And, you know, like as you talk, dude, I don't think you've been negative one bit. I think you're like one of the more positive people that I know. But it is like this reflection of being able to see the negative. And I feel the same way when I share things on the podcast that I'm not proud of. You know, it's like that is the vulnerability that you're talking about, like that you talked about today. Like you came on and started the podcast with a vulnerability that doesn't make you feel great inside that, you know, is tough to share shooting with a crossbow or having the target panic or any of this stuff. And it's like yeah. that is the same thing that I try to do on the podcast when I make a mistake or I do have a shortcoming or I do have these feelings. It's like I try to express it and share it, but you share it like not being a negative person. You like try to share the positive side of it. It's like, well, here's the problem. Here's the issue. Yeah. Here's what happened. Here's how I'm going to pick myself up and be better. And, dude, I had a podcast this year where, you know, like like you say, I'd killed that goat. I'd killed a nanny. I really wanted a Billy, and it was like tough to – to hide that emotion and so i shared yep. it with people you know and i i shared it with the guy i was hunting with adam and i shared it with my audience and like i tried to be honest about it but i had that able to harvest an antelope and then had a cameraman down we tried to film a early season high country buck hunt uh, uh came up short on that nicked a branch in the shadow missed that buck then i went to that great tag that i had early season where i had you know, two days and I chased a great buck down there, but I just needed more time and I didn't have it. Then I went to my elk hunt and I tried to film that in seven days and I came up short on the bull that I wanted to kill with the cameraman. And I remember jumping on the podcast and saying like, you know, <laughs> this will not be the end of my season. This will not be my story that I put in all this work. I know I'm a good bow hunter. I know I'm efficient. Like, I will come through and harvest some good critters. I just have to keep putting my head down and keep working at it. And it wasn't but a few days later, I killed a great bull and killed some oh, yeah. great bucks in the late season and, and had my redemption that I felt like I needed. But yeah, I think it's like, it's good to share those feelings and that vulnerability. And I don't think it's like a negative thing or I don't think it's being negative. Like, I, I think if anything, you know, you feel like I'm a super positive dude. dude I feel like you're like one of the most positive <laughs> dudes out there. It's like um, it, it's just our mindset, but it is being honest with ourselves. And and, you know, that's part of the game is like there's going to be highs and lows to it. And you're going to have to ride out those lows to get back to those highs. And and, and also it's so 
difficult and so challenging that it's like that's what drives us to continue to put in the work to try to try to find that success and listening to your successful stories like that 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 basin where you killed that buck in that salad bar of flowers and different th- like dude that is so cool and when something like that happens you know like packing my late season buck off the hill that i killed solo in a foot and a half of snow and being the only one up on the mountain and processing that deer and just really soaking it in not in a rush not in a hurry like just enjoying the moment you know is like is is huge but um yeah i mean we're the lucky ones we found our passion for sure and it's uh going to be no different this next season that we're definitely going to put in the work to be successful are we going to have more lows we got to make it through absolutely it's like that (laughs) that's part of the process you know but um yeah Yeah, man it um it's a fun journey it is. And it's, it's, um, we are the, we are the ones we're blessed. We really are to be able to do this. And, and I mean, I wouldn't, I, it's, it's gone from a hobby to a lifestyle. Like it's now my lifestyle. This is how I think this is what I think about all the time. And so, um, I mean, every day, like there's, there's a few things in my life that are the most important things. It's God, number one. It's family, number two. And then hunting comes number three. And those things there um, are very, very dear and important to me. And it's cool that hunting has become one of the, the top three, you know. And, and uh, it's it's an amazing, it's just an amazing journey. It really is. And and it's cool that uh, that we're all kind of in it together, you know. That Great. is cool. Yep. Well, dude, you got to uh, run up here to Montana. You get a free weekend. Let's do some shooting or hook up this All summer. Right. And um, gosh, we were hunting the same unit this year. We should have connected while we were down there for a couple days. But let's do it next year. We'll um, make sure yeah. that we connect for a couple days and hang out and see if we can't glass and um, put a deer um, through the glass dude, or make yeah. a stock on one. I'd love to. I was going to tell you. So I, I don't know. I mean, I work, we're kind of on like different ends of the spectrum, I guess, as far as like your, your plans and my plans. But like, if, if we're able ever to get together, especially here in Wyoming, like I, I've got this epic hunt plan for next year. I mean, epic, epic hunt. And, uh, it's a, it's it's a high country six day. It's like an adventure, uh, adventure hunt. I mean, expedition, because it's like climbing peaks, running these ridges. And I would love somebody to be involved in that there's not a lot of guys that are willing to to go grind it out you know and i know that you would drive me right into the dirt so i would love that yeah absolutely well let's <laughs> we'll talk further about it and see if we can put some plans together for the future but yeah it um yeah. It, it's going to be fun for sure it um yeah. it starts over and it's like time to draw some tags and uh, keep working hard towards our goals and um I, i'm with yeah. you man that those next level bucks, like we've, we've both harvested some really good bucks and, and harvested some next level ones. Like that, that buck you scouted was incredible, uh, that you've been posting on social media. Like I love to see that buck, but yeah, I want to go at these units and attack them and find the best deer in the unit and be able to harvest that deer. And so, yeah, I've got, uh, huge goals and ambitions for this upcoming season and just want to, again, like just test my limits, test my governor, what I'm capable of. And it's like amazing when you get that mindset, 
you feel like you know what you're capable of and you're capable of so much more. You know, it's so like if you can oh, move absolutely. that governor yeah. of what you think you're capable of as far as miles, as far as elevation, as far as effort, it's like you think you've worked hard for a hunt. Now let's step it up. Let's step it up by 20% or 30% or let's give more days to it or whatever the case is. Uh, but but really the limiting factor is our mind. It's like your body will follow where your mind goes and especially if you train your body. And the, the, the beautiful thing about you and I is like, um, dude, we've lived our whole life hunting these mule deer and hunting these mountains. Like pretty soon our body starts to adapt to these mountains. Like, uh, you know, I trail run in them, you scout in them, you hunt in them, you, you just spend so much time in the mountains that your body begins to morph to be – uh, a mountain type body that's built for endurance, built for these climbs, built for the long miles. It's like, you know, I'd been doing it for 25 years. Like my body is like uh, uh, adapted to the mountains where not that it comes easy, it still takes effort, but I can just do so many mountain miles or so much elevation or I've got myself to a point as far as endurance where I know I can push 10 days, 12 days, 14 days, like whatever I need to do. I can do because I've got my mindset, and so I just want to push that to another level again and see if I can kill the biggest deer or the biggest bull in these units. And, um, you know, I'm going to come short on tags. I'm going to eat some tags, but eventually there's going to be a giant that hits the dirt that I've worked really hard for that's going to be the ultimate accomplishment. And it's like we love that adrenaline rush and getting close. But what we really love is this type two fun, like putting all this work and effort into or towards an end goal and then achieving it is like, you know, that's what keeps us coming back because we can go get an adrenaline rush by jumping out of a plane or bungee jumping or, you know, like, you know, riding a roller coaster or whatever. But that fun doesn't stick with you. The fun that sticks with you is when you grind and put all this effort in. I like think of it as like climbing Everest, you know, you just put all this work and effort in and you make it to the top of the mountain and that feeling uh, you don't get that anywhere else. I don't care what kind of rush it is. And so once you have that feeling, then you you, you want to get back there again. It isn't just climbing Everest once. It's like, I want to go back next year, you know? And so you start yeah. putting in all the work and effort to be able to climb that mountain again. And that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, the the time that you're out there, like that type two fun, it's not fun. Like it, like it's not fun at all. It's not fun all the time, no. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it is. There is fun points of it, but like, but it's like that type two fun. It'll it'll remind you the whole year. Like if if you if you didn't give it a hundred percent, you're gonna remember that. You will remember that the whole time because. Like you and I think about it all year long. Let us not regret anything, right? You know, and, and it can be. I mean, like right now, even we're we're talking about some of the regrets of the season. I guess it for me, as far as like the target panic, the crossbow thing, like a lot of these things are my regrets, and I have to live with those, right? But they're also they're also those driving things that'll push me into next year. So let's let's try and eliminate as many regrets as we can, you know, and that's why I've got into this calisthenic stuff. I'm I'm really getting into more uh, advanced training as far as like specific training for 
for like, like you're saying, climbing mountains, I want my body to be as mountain ready as possible. And there's, there's specific trainings that, you know, for your calf muscles, for your ankles, for, for, um, your back, uh, your lower back, especially for your shoulders, that'll get you to that point where you, you can eliminate that regret, right? Right off the bat, you are ready. You're ready to break those legs loose. You are, you're in top physical condition. Um, your mind, your mind is going to take you places that'll push you even past where you're physically ready. Right. And so, so you have to be ready for that, but like, just, just having no regrets going into the season is one of my top goals is I want to, I want to go into this season being, um, eliminating this target panic. I want to be done with that. I want to go into it the way I want to with a body that's ready for the mountains. And I want to have my mindset right. And in the end, my goal is I want not only a next level, but the next, next level buck. Like I want something that's, that's special. And so, so we'll see if that comes to pass. If it doesn't, we'll, we'll push it into 25 and we'll keep going past that, you know, but, but, uh, but yeah, it's such, such a great experience and such a, a driving factor in all, all of our lives. Oh, and also I'm starting a house. So I'm going to be calling you saying, what the heck do I do with this rebar? What am I doing with this car? Like, how do I, you know, like, how do I frame this thing, man? Like I got, and so there's a lot of factors, a lot of stresses in life about, but, um, but my, my main focus is those top three things and, and hunting definitely is going to be on my mind 90% of the year for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on the house. What a major step for you and your family. And it's a marathon of hard work, but yeah, there's no doubt that you'll get it built and finished. So yeah, call anytime, <laughs> man. I, yeah. I really appreciate your friendship and I, I really feel like you are the, uh, the next generation of guys that learn from me and, and are better will be better than, than I am in the end. And, um, man, you work tirelessly to be at your best. And, um, I just really appreciate your friendship. You always jumping on the podcast and man, it's like, like I told you, you said, do you got any plans for the podcast? And I, <laughs> I told you hit record. That's about yeah, it. It's right. like, I just know that we're, uh, but both such muley fanatics and have so much passion for this lifestyle that it's like, I know that I can just get you on a phone call and hit record and that I know it'll right. make for a good podcast. And, um, it sure did for today. So yeah, thanks Matt, man. Uh-oh. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate the friendship. Let's keep in touch. Try to plan one of those adventures. Absolutely, buddy. We're, uh, I'm, uh, it's going to be fun. Let's go get 24. Let's go get it. All right. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Fun conversation with Matt. Uh, Thanks again for him taking the time and being on. And just his authenticity and vulnerability. And um, it seems like he uses these podcasts that we do together uh, to get better and to improve. And I just love that mindset. And I love being able to admit, or not even admit, but be able to talk about uh, places where... You know, you've come up short or places where you could get better, you could improve from and and really talk about that subject matter like executing with his bow or uh, like shooting with the crossbow. I, I just love that he can talk about that kind of stuff. And um, 
you know, just be real honest. And I think we can all learn from that. So the guy's an absolute stud. He kills some giant mule deer. And there's no doubt that um, he's going to kill some giant ones moving forward because he's doing all the necessary things to get better and to improve. And so um, keep your eye on Matt this season for sure. His social media is a great follow. And um, he's also got some YouTube videos out there. So check those out. And thanks again to Matt for being on the podcast. All right, swing by and say hi. We'll be at the expo. We'll be in that Cryptek booth. Be there Thursday through Sunday. Uh, be recording some podcasts and um, hanging out and uh, winning a tag, I hope. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, just got to get super lucky, but I've got my name and a bunch of hats. Yeah, just working on this upcoming season. I couldn't be more stoked. I just went and hung out with my buddy Dylan Ness. We always try to kill each other when we get together, whatever it is, fishing, hunting. And so uh, I was watching um, my nephew in the state tournament. And um, man, my heart just went out to him. That kid is so dedicated to wrestling and, like, um, has worked diligently. And, like, last season he came in second in state and lost. Like, all the kid wants is a state title. And, um, man, he, he wrestles freestyle and Greco. He's in collegiate in the AA, which is the highest in Montana. But um, the kid's just an absolute animal. And so went over to cheer him on and um, support him. And, man, it was just a heartbreaker, man. He lost in the state final. Oh, I just, um, man, uh, I gotta hold back the tears now, even talking about it. It's just that kid has put in so much work and wants it so bad. And he was up in the match. He had the kid three, zero, then three, one, and, um, lost it in about the last 30 seconds of the match. I mean, the kid he was wrestling is an absolute animal, but, um, man, my heart goes out to him. I just really feel for him. He's like down in the dump. So like, definitely shoot him a message and send my sister a message and check up on him. But, you know, it's like these failures, like this is just life. Now, you know, he's only a junior, so uh, he's taken second twice, which um, second doesn't feel like a place when, you, you know, you're so driven and you want to win so bad. Like the only win for him would have been a state title. Second is first loser, you know, and so like, man, um, he's down to checking in with him, checking in with my sister. Um, he'll pick himself back up, and he'll get back after it, and he'll be better because of it. And this isn't the end of his story. It's like, man, you got your senior year. You can still win a state title. He's talking to Division One colleges about wrestling, so he's going to be able to wrestle in college. And in college, like, if you wrestle wrestle for a Division One school, you got a chance at a national championship. And so... This will not be the end of his story. I'm I'm absolutely sure of it. He's too he's too strong minded. He's too strong willed, too athletic, and puts in too much work to have this be the end of his story. So, I know he'll pick himself up and be better than he ever was. But oh, what a heartbreaker! But um, anyways, got together with Dylan and uh, we went and ran a bunch of miles and uh, sat in the sauna and shot our bows, you know, in between matches or in between cheering my nephew on. And um, so that was always fun to get together with Dylan. But oh, what I was going to tell you is like Dylan killed a great bull this year. In fact, we had him on the podcast talking about it. I love having him on the podcast. He's just the best on here and he loves it with every fiber in his being and Man, I saw his bull in person, and he told me it was a big bull, and the picture, it is a big bull. It's like a giant one, you know, but looking at that thing in person, I think that's the best bull he's ever killed, and he's killed some giants. He's killed some big bulls. I think he told me it scored 353, and in my book, a 350 bull is such a giant, but it's like there can be, you know, 
there can't really be small 350 bulls don't get me wrong but his is an absolute giant the mass on that thing and the four or five combo and just like man he got it down off the wall for me to hold the euro mount it is just such a stud and it just drives me like you guys know how much I love to hunt mule deer, and I I do love to hunt elk come September, and I've killed some great bulls, but holding a you know that bull right there is like oh man, 2024 I'm gonna do whatever it takes to go try to kill a bull like that. You know it's like man, what an absolute giant. So that's good motivation for me and for elk season and my focus for definitely September and early October with my bow in my hands is to try to kill a bull that looks like that. Just incredible. So, kudos to him, and um, yeah, congratulations to my cousin. I know he does, or to my nephew. I know he doesn't want to hear it, but um, you know, he did wrestle strong this year. He actually, he was undefeated in two different weight classes the whole season. And um, this kid, he met him in divisionals. He actually pinned him once this year and beat him by points. And then in divisionals, the kid got the better of him, gave him his first loss, and then had a rematch in the state finals. And um, lost again so he he went 50 50 with this kid and um he just lost at the wrong time man my heart just goes out he was up in the match it's just oh, yeah heart just goes out to him it's like i've been there before with extreme failure and now you have two choices you know you pick yourself back up and get back after it or feel sorry for yourself and definitely like He's definitely got to take a few days and be bummed out, I'm sure, you know, but he'll be back working in the gym. Um, you know, his, his like, he was on the news before the the um, tournament and his coach came on. He was talking and then talking about the coaching staff and then his coach came on and his coach just gave him the best compliment. His coach, like, said, you know, Nolan is the hardest worker on the team. And he goes, I know all coaches say they have the hardest worker. But nobody has a Nolan, you know, it's like it's basically saying that Nolan works so hard that works harder than the hardest workers on all the teams. He's just so impressed by that kid and rightfully so kids. He's amazing. He's such a, a phenom. And like I say, this is not the end of his story. He'll come back. So anyways, fun watching him and um, fun hanging out with Dylan. That's a podcast. What I'm rambling on now at this point, but um, so stoked for this 2024 season. I've been working my tail off already. And that run with Dylan was a back-to-back. I did a, a couple back-to-back big runs. So that was really good for me. And um, yeah, just working hard towards my goals. Uh, hopefully I can come out on top. So um yeah, that's a, that's a wrap. Thanks again to Matt for being on. Thanks again to you guys listening to the podcast, shares on social media. We just had Jace Baserman on the podcast last week, and um, he said he got like over 30 compliments on the podcast of people reaching out and saying that they enjoyed it. So I really appreciate you guys reaching out to those guests when you hear a podcast that you like. Uh, just brings such weight to the podcast and um, really helps me out. The, of course, the reviews always help on um, iTunes and, uh, you know, wherever you're listening to to podcast or whatever. But I just really appreciate you guys cheering for your success this season and um, keep working hard towards your dreams. It pays off. So uh, with that, check in with you guys next week.